This is the podcast for the Live at Five show with Glenn Curry on AM 1240 WATN Watertown. Thursday, March 9th, 2022. This is Live at Five, Live at Five, Live, Live at Five. Yeah, here we go. Looks good. The levels look good, I think. Uh, it's a Thursday. Today's Thursday. Our Thursday show with yours truly here. Uh, Thank you once again for chiming in today on the Live at Five show with your so-called host, Glenn Curry, here on AM 12 Forte. Uh, lots to talk about. And, of course, you know, Joe Stanley didn't call in yesterday. He plans on calling in today. That's going to be at the bottom of the hour. Uh, we talk about everything in between, here, there, everywhere. And we take phone calls. Yeah, then we play a little bit of Eric Clapton and the Dominoes. Uh, or Derek and the Dominoes, but you know that as Eric Clapton. And also that song used in a very famous movie, otherwise known as Goodfellas. And yesterday, or rather yesterday, <clears throat> I mentioned something towards the end of the uh, yesterday's show about that tragedy, if you can call it that, unfortunate tragedy that happened on Winslow Street. I, I, I just want to, I misspoke, I, and I don't know why I said this, but the victim was actually burned by, uh, on 90% of his body. I, I heard the replay from uh, the segment on News Junkie. Thank you very much for that. I said 20%. I don't know why. You ever notice when you say something like, you know, to somebody, or you watch an interview, it doesn't matter who it is. We all make mistakes. That's why they have erases at the end of pencils. Except in Catholic school, they didn't allow that. <laughs> but anyway, I digress. And, uh, you know, sometimes people make big, big mistakes. What was it? Uh, uh, the one lady on Fox the other day was referring to Jeb Bush as governor of, uh, of Texas. And it's, you know, it's a gaffe. I'm sure she knows the difference. But he, he was the, you know, Jeb was the governor of Florida. But it happens. I get it. So why I said 20 instead of 90, I have no clue. It's amazing. If we could record our lives... Every moment of the day, and some people, believe it or not, do that, like the Truman Show with Jim Carrey, and now with today's technology, you can. I wonder how many times you could pick up on all the errors and mistakes. There's that show with Tony Kohnheiser and the other dude, Will Pond, uh, where the, there's one of their producers just sits there, and at, towards the end of the show, I don't know if they still do this, but it was a great feature, where you would just basically say, okay, you said this wrong, no, no, it was so-and-so, and no, that was 87, not 88. So he's just he's a fact checker. And you see a lot of fact checking in recent years. You see it quite often, by the way, on Facebook, which is very annoying. They literally have people just, you know, just, you know, basically scouring the Internet, particularly Facebook. Uh, and they're paid to just, you know, downplay what you're saying. Uh, and, you know, typically it's it's some right of center person like myself that's always been scrutinized for whatever they say. That could be covid. That could be a lot of things. And speaking of covid. I don't know if it was Jeff Graham or someone today was asking. Oh, it was Jeff Graham. He popped in prior to his show. We had a little powwow about getting our shows on uh, Studio 515, which is a broadcast hub created by Mitcom Agency, by Bruce Mi uh, Mitcom, partners, business partners, that is, with Jim Levin. Uh, so uh, starting, hopefully starting as soon as possible, we're going to be uploading the Hotline show and the Live at Five show uh, to their version of Spotify. And let me explain. What that is is this small little uh, you know, portal, uh, or I guess you could say network of stars, uh, that, uh, that uh, Bruce, Mit Bruce Mittman created out of his agency in Boston. He's got his own studio there, and they're facilitating, they're helping people. And, yes, your own Johnny Spisano is a part of it. 
And I had to ask to see if we could be a part of it yesterday in a conference call with Bruce. And he just looked up in the air and said, yeah, sure, why not? I'm like, you know, Frankie Five Angels. Yeah, sure, why not? So I'm like, you know, we do uh, in an hour show each and every day. So uh, that's going to start as soon as possible. Now, I'm going to have to work with Jeff. And we're also going to have to figure out how we're going to record each and every show. Now, that's being done by an outside entity. Our friends, of course, at News Junkie do that, uh, which is great. Uh, but we're going to have to do this, too, so that we can create an MP3 of every show and then send it off to their dudes uh, down there in Boston. So that's going to start soon. So, uh, you, know, th- I, you know, hopefully that will lead to bigger and better audiences and so forth. But a little marketing here and there doesn't help. And uh, we're looking forward to that. Uh, what was the other thing I was going to say? So that's that's big news, right? Is that big news? It is big news. We're going to be part of Studio 550, the podcast hub uh, from uh, from Boston. There. Someone's already on the line. It's probably... Uh, hi, you're in the air. Hi, Glenn. Uh, just to let you know why most of the burned-out houses in Watertown don't get rebuilt... Yeah, sure. ...is because of the square footage of the yard. Huh. They don't meet code. They don't meet the zoning. How so? They wait, don't wait. meet code. So you're saying that once a house uh, burns to the ground, it, it, we can never replace it with another house? No, well, it's because the square footage of the yard is not big enough. Big enough for what? There was a house there for 130 years. I understand, but the the zoning takes over that. Hmm. Zoning has changed since the 1862. Well, I'm sure it has. But that's what it is. It has to have a certain amount of frontage. It has to have a certain amount of uh, side yard. And a certain amount of backyard. Is that counterproductive as far as, as you know maintaining a city of our size or any size? Not to sound like Cliff only. A city of our size. Well, no, I understand. But if the neighbor wants to dissolve the lot line, yeah. they can do that. Okay. They can buy the lot next to them, dissolve the lot line, and make it a bigger lot. So, because let me just let me just throw in my two cents. <clears throat> uh, down in Jersey, for instance, you know New Jersey. Uh, they have lots no no different than us, you know. Uh, you know, may, maybe a little bit more expansive in certain townships, like where my sister lives. And these are old houses that were built in post-war years, so like we're talking late forties, fifties, sixties. And a lot of them are ranch-style homes. And that when they are, when someone like my sister moves out, ultimately a, a contractor comes in, plows down the one one-story ranch house, and builds what they refer to, sir, as the McMansion, much bigger than the imprint of the previous home, and in some cases closer to the neighbors. So while their ordinances might be different, at least they're moving on up and building bigger houses on an existing lot. That's not possible here? Uh, New York State has its deal. The city of Watertown has its. The zoning, the properties that were built back in the 1800s are so close, and Thank God for the city of Watertown Fire Department. Yeah, no doubt. That they were able to save the houses either side of this thing. Sure. I agree. So They did a fantastic job. But at the end of the day, remember, a city, township, village depends on taxable properties. So I understand, I understand, Glenn. Right, so but what, yeah. the whole thing is is that the state of New York yeah. and the city of Watertown have a certain size 
for you to build on. So when that house is, well, the house is not inhabitable, obviously. Yeah, so, so no, that, it's going to be torn down. So it's going to be torn down, and they will never, based on what you're saying, I don't mean to be doom and gloom here, there's never going to be a house on that lot again. Well, the whole thing is, is that if one neighbor wants to buy that lot, yeah. dissolve the lot line, yeah. it's going to take a little bit of legal work. Sure. But they can put a garage. That's true. Or whatever right. on that property. Right, right. But, but that, you cannot build a new property or a new house on it because the lot size is too small. Do, do you agree with this personally? <clears throat> Not necessarily, no. It's just that the city of Watertown is, was built in the 1800s. Yeah, no, I know. And, and this probably applies to Syracuse, Rochester, and everywhere where homes were built yes. years and years ago. But now, because of this, these changes, that doesn't seem to make sense. I mean, no wonder we're losing population. I mean, not every house is being burned down. What it is is that because you saw how much damage had happened to either house, either side of it. Yeah. The city fire department was actually able to save the houses either side of it. Right. So it's a fun. Yeah. So they need a a separation. Yeah. all right. Okay. I didn't know about this. I, I, I guess you're, yes, you're that's what I bet you a lot of people don't know. The whole thing is, is a separation so we don't burn down houses yeah. that are four feet away from it. So, as an example, on Mullen Street, there was a big fire there like 20 years ago, the big, big Victorian house on Mullen Street, which has since been replaced by a, uh, a business. Um, it's actually, I believe, a law firm or engineering or No, actually, it's yep, a financial it's a firm. Law firm. Yeah. So there's an example of, okay, we went from this massive Adams family house, probably five, 6,000 square feet, which was relatively close to the, uh, either side. But then they, that burned down, and they have since built a, a business property that has a smaller imprint. So in that case, that was okay, right? Is that a good example or not? Well, not necessarily because the, the way they built it yeah. is, is a non-combustible building. Okay, okay. Making progress. And right? they have the distance between the lot lines. Okay. So would it make sense? They have a driveway that goes all the way around that building. Right. That keeps it away from the neighbors. So let me ask and you. The building is non-combustible. So what's not good? I got to ask you, what's non-combustible mean? Non-combustible is made out of concrete. Okay. And steel. Or brick. Or brick. Or steel. So, okay, so let's Once go. we have, you got to understand, most of the houses in the city of Watertown are from the 1800s. And made out of wood. Are uh, made out of wood. Right. They have uh, chases that the fire can go right up. Right. And it will set that house on fire big time. So can I? Here's the here's the million dollar question. At this point on Winslow Street, as an example, can someone say, "Hey, I'm going to build a brick house there on the same imprint as before"? Is that doable? It's the square footage of the property. Okay. Is what controls that? That's not only the city of Watertown, but the state of New York. So you sound you sound like you know what you're talking about. Can I ask what capacity you're in? I'm a retired city Watertown firefighter, and I'm also a retired city code enforcement officer. So needless to say, you, you obviously, and I'm not challenging you, sir, but I was just curious because you obviously know what I'm talking about. Well, that's a shame but, uh, for the record, but I'm, gl- I'm sure there's reasons for it, and you just explained that. Yeah, and I just wanted to let you know yeah. on why these things can't happen. 
Hmm. It's not because people can't build on them, but the code has changed. Hmm. Okay. Well, uh, could you ever see that? You know, I'd love to see. I'd love to see things built back up. Sure. So you would like but, to see a change in the ordinance, if possible. Well, yeah, if possible. Yeah. But it sounds like it's not going to happen. That takes the state of New York. Ah, interesting. So then when we look at our population decreasing and we're losing congressional districts, that might be one of the factors. Would you agree with that? Yeah. Yes. Well, Glenn, I was a firefighter for 35 years. Hmm. So you saw a lot. So, okay, let me ask you. If you were a firefighter for 35 years right here in Watertown, and let's just say that every year we lose at least three structures in the city of Watertown. Is that a good assessment? Seems like that seems to be the average, at least. Yeah. Yeah. The, we have not gained more fires. The guys have been doing a great job. Yeah. Uh, the code enforcement department has been doing a great job going out and taking care of things. Yeah. Uh, it's just, okay, we had a guy that got mad at his roommate buddy there yeah and poured gasoline on him disrespected yes he poured gasoline yeah on him. okay i i got disrespected so i'm gonna pour gasoline yeah. on you and set you on fire crazy this crazy. is the stuff that we have to deal with yeah is that one of the craziest scenarios you've ever seen in your lifetime it's gotta be no i've seen worse seen worse okay well yeah. w- w- you've seen death before which is unfortunate uh okay so let's uh, let's do the math because yeah. she smoked yeah. and caught herself on fire. That's awful. And you were probably around I for that. Yeah. Stole fire over on State Street where they wouldn't let us in. But when we did get in, uh, the guy went for a pistol. Oh, my goodness. He was going to shoot us. Wow. Yeah. Uh, so let's so, do. Yeah, let, I've seen some stuff. So let's do the math. If, say, we lost three home structures every year in the 35 years you were there. That's like, like that's like over a hundred hundred houses that based on, on, on your data, on your the rules of New York State for that matter, Watertown, are never have never been replaced. And then you couple that with zombie homes and empty houses throughout it's no wonder we're at twenty three thousand people right now. Well, yeah, but I'll tell you what, we do a good job of trying to make sure that those places are protected. No doubt. And I appreciate that. Sir, thank you for the phone call. Very informative. Okay, thank, thank you, Glenn. Thanks for your service, too. Oh, good call right there. Well, that's an explanation I didn't know until today. Hi, you're on the air. Yes, Glenn. Here's a, another reason why a lot of them aren't built. First of all, the average house to build a house today is two, 250 to 350000 Right. And you're not going to spend $350,000 on William Street. No, or, or those back streets. When those old houses that are almost, you know, 150 or more years old, those neighborhoods aren't in very good shape. No. And I'm, I'm not, you know, on that side of town. Sure. I lived on that side of town. And um, most of the homes now are not kept up and don't look very pretty. No. So if a house burns down, who in their right mind is going to spend 250 to 350 <laughs> and put it in that neighborhood with a bunch of run-down houses. It's not going to happen, Glenn. No, That's it, another reason why no. people don't rebuild well, in, but certain, you know, in certain neighborhoods. There are adva- it's not going to happen. Well, there are advantages to, to, to rebuilding. And let me just explain. One, you don't have to worry about septic. 
Uh, you don't have to worry about uh, being on the grid because everything is right there. That's what the city or village or township is all about. All those services are right there in front of you. So when you go out in the country, you got to frack for water. you got to bring in electric from a mile away. That's a lot of money in itself. So there are some well, advantages. You're right, Glenn. You're right on the, on the city part. I've lived in the city my whole life. Right. And, but I would not. If I still lived in my homestead, which was on Bronson Street, mm-hmm. I went up there the other day, and 90% of that first block is pretty shabby. I mean shabby. Yeah, Bronson's How, tough. In the house I lived in, porches are gone. It looks horrible. Yeah, it does. Bad and I part. lived there for 20 years or better. Wow. And if that house burnt down, yeah. it's one of the three-story jobs with the with the circular things on the, uh, up top, probably 150 to 175 years old. Sure. If that burnt down, if I owned it and it burnt down, yeah. No way am I going to spend three hundred and fifty grand and put another house up right. in that neighborhood. Right. It don't work. No, no, it doesn't. You know, the city's fine as far as everything is right there. You're right on that. Mm-hmm. But it's going to cost you the same to build in the city as it is outside the city. If not more. You know, I mean, close. It'll yeah. be close. Yeah, right. Yeah, I know you got to have uh, sewer and well and that stuff if the water isn't out there. But, I mean... I mean, think about it. If if you live down there, would you spend three hundred and fifty thousand dollars well, to put a house up in a shabby neighborhood? No, I would not. I would no. hope that yeah, it wouldn't that's, be that much that's money, my but no, reason. I wouldn't. And that's one of the reasons that uh, I think people would not rebuild in that you know in those neighborhoods. No, I agree. With you. Thank you. I guess I'm a sentimental person. You know, I always look at it like you know, boy. When, when you lose taxable income, like a lot on Winslow Street or William Street or Bronson Street, uh, they're lo- you know you, you're losing a part of yourself. I mean, it's like losing your finger. It's like you know you 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 came into this world with X Y Z homes over eighty miles of 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 of, of, of streets, and uh, slowly but surely over time, some you know electrical issue here, and a, a lightning strike there, someone was disrespected here. You know, a whole new culture and so forth that we're working with right now. Anything is possible. But when that house goes down, albeit from a from Mother Nature's standpoint, a, a horrible accident, uh, or you know, someone's upset. <laughs> um, that's just that's that's just terrible. A, a part of the city is lost forever. Yeah, someone's going to buy that out for pennies on the dollar, and well, they should get rid of the uh, the uh, the curb that would allow people to drive into the driveway. Fix that. Or keep that and make it into a little extra yard. There's an example of which right there on Academy Street in the corner where the house was torn down or burned down one or the other. And the house next door uh, you know, took ownership of that lot and put a nice PVC fence around it. It, it does look odd, but you know, at least it's taking advantage of it. And, of course, we've seen other situations where uh, lots, particularly corner lots, have turned into neighborhood parking lots. Uh, uh, particularly during the winter months when you're not allowed to, and if you have multiple dwellings and too many cars and not enough driveway, they come in kind of handy. All right, listen, I, I'm assuming our friend uh, Joe Stanley is going to be calling in very shortly here, so let's let's do the commercial break. Before he does, you're listening to the Live at Five show. We'll be back right after this. Did you know? Boy, oh man, just looking for my topic to talk to all. I'm just I'm slipping into my Imus in the morning. God rest his soul. Don Imus no longer with us. Joe Stanley is going to be calling in a little bit. 
So Stanley calls up uh, typically every Wednesday, but he must have forgotten yesterday. Don Cricky is coming in later. You know, Don Cricky used to be his more uh, his uh, sports guy years ago. Don Cricky from Buffalo, one of the greatest announcers of all time. He had that quintessential look to him as well. Did a lot of Buffalo games. Is Don Cricky still alive? Does anyone know? Can someone Google Don Cricky and send me a note? Uh, Tim Ryan, also another great CBS reporter or broadcaster, used to do a lot of uh, uh, U.S. Open uh, uh, reports, and then he got replaced by uh, Terry O'Brien. Was it, was it Terry O'Brien? Oh, I forget. The guy that uh, did a lot of coke and wanted to do coke on some woman's chest. Remember that guy? What was his name? He used to work for like one of those Hollywood shows. Uh, and then, then eventually Jim Nance took over and cleaned, cleaned out everything that was going wrong in, uh, after O'Brien. What was the hell was his name? He was Hollywood, definitely. You know, he, even though he had receding hairline, he still, you know, he was very flashy. It was a famous uh, <laughs> recording of him talking to, you know, leaving a message for a woman that was in the other room, and then of course she uh, she squealed on him and, and and sent it to all the uh, you know media outlets, <clears throat> and they discovered that the guy obviously had a cocaine problem, <laughs> somewhat of a substance abuse problem. O'Brien, what's his first name? I'm throwing a lot of questions out there. I'm waiting for Joe to call in. I figured I'd throw, you know, whatever. By the way, SU lost today. They were hit by, what, four points at halftime? And uh, the, the guy that uh, Buddy Beheim punched in the stomach, uh, he said, well, he shouldn't have been suspended. Whether or not that meant, uh, made a difference in the, show, in the game today, I don't know. They lost by about six or eight points. They had him right up into the last couple of minutes, too, against Duke. Duke is not going to go that far. They're not that good. And uh, for Coach K's last year, there's so much pressure on those young kids to perform for him. Uh, but they proved that in senior night. I keep on saying this, but their final game at Duke just didn't look good. And they didn't look all that great against Syracuse, the same team that they manhandled in the two games they had with them. So uh, we wish them luck, but SU season is officially over. Uh, the other thing is, uh, uh, not Buddy, but Jimmy Bayheim. Is it Jimmy? Jimmy Bayheim, The other one. He was lights out today, so he stepped up to the plate and probably made up for what his brother would have had. Whether or not that would have made a difference if he was in the game, we really don't know. You know, one would have done better than the other. It would have equated to something, but, uh, geez, they looked good there for the last couple of games. Looked like they were finally gelling at a late stage of the season, but uh, one game under 500 doesn't get you into the tournament. So that's it for that. Uh, baseball did decide to... Um, Resume the schedule, and they're going to preserve a 162-game schedule. Uh, they sat down today. The impasse is over. Collective bargaining has been settled. Uh, and uh, the owners and baseball players are just going to get richer. And ticket prices are going to go up. I wonder if there's going to be a shortage of fans this year. And I'll tell you why. One, inflation. Two, it costs gas money to get to a ballpark. Three, uh, they're a bunch of idiots. You know, and this day, I know you got to fight for your rights. And not too long ago, a base, the average baseball player, and I'm going back about 40 years, by the way, which in my book is still not that long ago. We're talking about the 80s. Uh, the average baseball player uh, in, on a minimum salary was making somewhere between, I don't know, eighty to $120,000 a year. That's minimal, just to get into the league. And, of course, there's a lot of perks and benefits with that. Uh, but that has gone up hugely, exponentially, as they say. Uh, as uh, uh, Freeman, uh, 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 what's his name? Morgan Freeman's character from uh, from uh, Stand by Me. But anyway, I digress once again. Uh, 
the cable took over in the 80s, and uh, that's when the Yankees were getting big, big sal- giving out big, big salaries uh, because they were getting a lot of cable rights, and then eventually they created their own network uh, in the early 2000s, and the rest, as they say, is history. So the average player now essentially makes about, I don't know, $500,000, I think, just for making the league. So, you know, you could be a scrub player making, you know, whatever, a half a million dollars a year and batting 230 and just be a utility player for one of the worst teams in the league, like Tampa Bay, or not Tampa Bay, but you know what I'm saying. So I, I think that a lot of people are going to say, screw you. We just went through two years of COVID. We're going through all types of uh, 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 issues now, We're going through a lot of hardship now. Steve Colbert, I know we mentioned this. We don't mention it enough, but Steve Colbert, the, the late-night host of CBS, uh, really made a complete fool of himself. He, this might be Joe. Let me see. Joe on the phone here. Uh, no, we don't. We got somebody else, though, someone very famous from Watertown. <laughs> I see your hey, name, so I had to say that. Glenn? What's happening, my friend? Oh, well, I heard you talking about baseball. Yes, yes, you're the baseball guy. Well, uh, I try to anyways, uh, and I was just going to say, Glenn, if you know, any of the listeners to your show you know, miss baseball this summer, you know, June and July, yeah. there's always the Watertown Rapids. That's right. Yeah, and they said the same thing about minor league baseball. The general manager down there uh, for the for the Syracuse Mets said the same thing. Uh, so that doesn't. I mean, but that said, baseball is back on on uh, online for to start. But I wonder if a lot of people are going to be uh, unsettled with with their with their greed, need for greed. Uh, Jay, do you think people are going to be disenfranchised with baseball because of this latest uh, delay? Hey Glenn, I apologize. My my phone. I, I, I I'm on my cell phone uh, speakerphone in the car, and I'm having a problem. Hang on, just a sec. Sure, it probably transferred to his uh, Bluetooth. That's what happens to me. Um, I don't know why it did that. <laughs> there we go. I think I've got you now. Yeah, there you go. Yeah, I think I do. Sorry about that, that Glenn. That's okay, Jay. So my question is: Do you think people are going to be disenfranchised with baseball because of this latest uh, impasse, this dispute? I think so. You know, it's people are tired of uh, you know of paying the big prices. Yeah. And like you said, this year especially, you're going to have to travel to to get to the parks and stuff. Right. So, right. Um, you know, if, you know, I could tell you, my son, you know, Nate loves you know baseball, but he's been frustrated to see what's been going on sure. with uh, you know with the pros and uh, just it's about more and more money and. You know, when you look at all the professional sports, uh, you know, you have to say which one really deserves to make uh, buku bucks and which one doesn't. Mm -hmm. You know, those baseball players, they get kind of fat and happy. They do. They do. And a lot of we see that in all the sports. But so let's cover the bases here. Obviously, we're talking about the uh, the Watertown Rapids uh, now in its third year, fourth year. How many years is it this season make it for the new uh, organization there? Uh, fourth year, if you if you include 2020 with COVID, right. we didn't have a season that year. Um, but yeah, this is our fourth year, and we're pretty excited about what's going to happen this year. So, how do you get fans to the ballpark, Jay? That's always a challenge. It's a cha- and, but, yeah. but you know that there's a great story going on right now at the Watertown Arena for the last at least three seasons, maybe longer 
when there was a struggle to get kids or people rather to the arena to watch hockey, but then the arena was re, re, uh, rebuilt essentially. Or the renov- it's $14 million worth of renovations. And now every time I go by the arena on any given night, I was there not too long ago, it looks like the place is packed. So how can that translate? Yeah, yeah. yeah which is good. I'm, gl- I'm happy for them. Well, you know, what we're seeing nationwide with these collegiate baseball teams is creating not only a great baseball game, the sport itself, but creating an entertainment venue sure. around that game. Right. And the, the Watertown Wolves hockey, um, you know, I, I go to the games. I announced a few of them early in the season for them. Nice. They're fun. They're exciting. There's a lot of things that go on around the game. And that's what we're doing with the Watertown Rapids. You know, started last year, and we're go- we're doing more this year to create that whole entertainment venue. Sure. Um, you know, that just draws people in. They enjoy coming out for a summer night and uh, watching some college students live their you know their dreams sure. of trying to you know go farther in baseball. Sure. It's 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 a cool thing. No, it is a cool thing, and, and and despite the fact that you know some t- some years are better than others in terms of wins and losses, yeah. uh, it, it's it's yeah. the fact that you're going and enjoying yourself for at least what three hours, and then uh, not just yeah. watching a game, but like you said, give me some ideas of what some of the entertainment uh, elements are. Are you know, uh, is it the spinning of the guy around the the uh, the butt of the baseball bat and spin and falling down? Is it racing another <laughs> hot dog or not? Where you know, you know that that's the old standby. What 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 are yeah, some of the yeah. things that they would look at, Jay? Well, uh, you know, so we do all you know, we do a lot of the traditional stuff. You know, the like you said, the uh, the dizzy bat race. Uh, right. This <laughs> year, we're introducing. Uh, I've actually got. Uh, uh, four farms that are sponsoring it. You know how at the Washington Nationals they do that, the the uh, the great presidents race. I think yes, yes, around? yeah, and Milwaukee well, does the similar, yeah, yeah. So up here instead of doing that, which is a huge crowd favorite there, uh, we're going to do the great food race. Nice, and we we uh, we've got four farms buying costumes, and uh, you know that'll be fun. Uh, we're going to have cheese curd eating contests. Uh, uh, we're going to have, oh, let's see, what else are we doing? Oh, my God. Uh, we're going to have entertainment at some of our, our events. Right. Uh, uh, July 3rd, we're trying to get fireworks put in place. Um, you know, just agriculture night, which is going to be, let's see, June 18th, I think it is. Right. Um, we're going to have, uh, you know, steak dinner giveaways. You come to the park. If if I pick you out of the crowd, you're going to get a, a, a cooked steak dinner right nice. there during the game to enjoy. Um, I'm also trying, working with the owners and uh, the management, mm-hmm. we're also trying to set up uh, having street performers there before the game sure. uh, to, to do different things interactively with the fans as they're waiting in line, right. they're up in the stands. Right. So it's it's... You know, it's just creating that that almost a circus atmosphere around a baseball game. That's awesome. And, and Jay, the only reason why I got a, a, a cut this off because I think Joe's calling. Sure. But one, 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 one last question. They, they have that one feature where they have Flash. I don't know what stadium it is, but there's a guy that dresses up like the FTD florist. They call him Flash. And they give someone like a head start uh, from left field out into track, and then Flash has to beat him or her at the end of the. Did you ever consider something like that, of getting, getting like a track starter to be Flash? 
Well, we will we will put that on the uh, on the list of things to take a look at because well, it sounds like a good idea. Or, or getting someone else that would be an employee of the Rapids to get on what looks like a a, a, a tractor, and then give someone a head <laughs> and then the tractor. You know what I'm saying? So you don't have to get someone yeah, that's yeah. gonna yeah. So that would and then well, the, you, the, the tractor could be uh, sponsored by inevitably FX Caprera because they sponsor everything else. So you know I'm yeah, so there yeah. there would be an idea right there. Beat the tractor yeah. and start at the uh, at the at the gap and then uh, see if you could beat the tractor at the end. Hopefully no one gets run over in the process. So Joe Stanley would. Yeah, be yeah, that's that's the key. <laughs> well, hey, just I know you gotta let me go, Glenn. Thank you very much for having me on. Nine bucks. Nine dollars. Nine bucks. You can't even go three miles of gas with nine dollars these days. I know. You can't buy two dollars with three dollars or nine. You can't buy eight dollars with nine dollars. Jay, thank you very much. Yeah, thank you, Glenn. I'll talk. Bye-bye. Jay Madison here. And here we have Joe, Attorney Joe Stanley. How you doing, Joe? Hi, Glenn. Well, I uh, I didn't think I was going to be able to get through. My phone crashed on me, and unfortunately, they were phone store and I actually give Verizon a plug. They fixed it. Well, cool. Just in time. Awesome. Uh, you're the third person who had phone issues today. It must be something in the air. Uh, Joe, real, and let me ask you, gas prices, as you know, are skyrocketing. But the question is, when when is it considered price gouging? You know, I mean, people really don't know. I mean, when they see a price of either 430 Four forty-five for a gallon. Some people buy Supreme, you know, the high-level octane. You know, how do people know they're really not getting gouged these days, Joe? Well, we already know the deal is that they raise prices in anticipation. You know, that, that doesn't necessarily reflect the supply. Yeah. So, uh, you, you know, are you getting the right gas? Hopefully, you're getting the right gas, whatever the price is. That's true. Um, and you know, I unfortunately we are at the mercy of the companies. There are very few, and they all do the same thing. Mm-hmm. It says here, there's so, no yeah. According according to this article, and this is by the way out of Albany, there's no set number. Uh, according to Chapter 20 of the Consolidated Laws of New York Section, blah, 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 charging grossly excessive prices for essential goods and services, not just gas, during a time of disruption is considered price gouging. So it's up to the courts to decide whether the price set by a business is illegal. In, these, in this day and age, who's going to go around and say the Shell dealer right there on Arsenal Street or some guy has a mobile or Chevron shop somewhere else is gouging? Do, do we have enough people to, make, to, to check that out, Joe, or is that even possible? I'm not even sure it's possible because, again, you you have a you have the people on the street are probably not setting the price. You know, they all buy gas from the same sources, right? And those prices, the prices at the pump, are being generated by, you know, the gas companies. Right. So are they price are they price gouging because they raise the prices in anticipation of supply problems? Right. Uh, so you know. I don't blame the guy who's running the station on the corner. <laughs> you know, it's all. And again, we've all been through this before. Sure. Every time there's every time there's some kind of a threat of a shortage, they raise the prices, and then they never go back down. Right. Exactly. Well, well I mean, gas did go back down after Katrina, and we saw prices under two bucks not too long ago. But you're right. Once things do go up, uh, it seems like it just it just stays that way. Joe, I learned something today. Shifting gears, I learned something today. 
uh, you know, we're talking about the, the amazing shrinkage of, of Watertown and many other cities, including Syracuse. And, and a, a person who knows what he's talking about, because he was in the fire department for many years, and he knows the ordinance rules of New York State and, for that matter, the city of Watertown, once an old structure or home that was built years ago, we just lost yet another house due to uh, arson right locally, uh, and three people were hurt, bad, one which badly. Uh, but the point is, I was like, geez, that's a shame because once a house burns down in Watertown, it seems like we never rebuild it. Well, I found out today there's a reason for that because of the, you know, the ordinance, or the, I should say, the, what am I saying here? The rules have changed as far as the imprint of a house on a given lot in New York State cannot be rebuilt because they're too close to other homes. Have you ever heard of that, Joe? Well, they all have. I don't think it's. There's zoning regulations. Every city and municipality has their own zoning regulations. Zoning, of course, yes. They're not state. Those are not state regulations. Now, there has to be so much, but that's more if you had a septic system or whatever. But as far as I know, there are no state rules and regulations mandating the size of a lot. Those are all local zoning ordinances. Yeah, and, um, yeah. And, 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 you know, rules have changed because these houses have been here since the 19th century. And, and again, he did say that, you know, when, when it comes right down to it, you know, most of these houses were built with wood and that if it was replaced and it did, you know, it would, ha- it would have to be built with either metal or, or, or concrete or brick. And as you know, Joe, that's, that's a lot of money. It sounds, it, it sounds counterintuitive as far as, you know, once you lose a house and or houses, every city loses at least five, six structures due to fire every year. It seems like we're... We're shutting ourselves down from 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 taxable income from from uh, from lots throughout any given city or village. It's, it doesn't sound to be right, but I guess there's a reason for it. Safety, well, safety is a key. reason for it is because of, of closeness and proximity to fires, and, right. and obviously brick structures. And again, those are not state regs. The city of Watertown could change it if they wanted to, but again, you still they would have to, you can build fire resistant wood buildings it's not that that's not possible right uh, you know if they want to allow it they can sure so sure. i mean we even saw a fire the other day in ogdensburg an old structure probably built in the 60s or 70s that's a steel structure i believe it's all brick but fires still happen because you got beds you got furniture you got carpets um you know that still threatens i guess you know especially on a windy you got you got you know uh uh, uh, asphalt roofs or whatever. You know. So, it, it, yes, I'm sure it's a safety issue to have a brick house over a wooden house. That makes perfect sense. But that's a lot of money, Joe. I mean, jeepers, creepers, no wonder why we're shrinking. Well, I don't, again, if they wanted, I, I'm not sure that that's the reason why I, I think you can build like a, 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 I think you have the setback rules. You have setbacks right. and distance from your neighbors. Right. And the, the, city, the city would have to change it. Hmm. Well, I mean, I, I mean, again, at this point, they probably won't, only because you know we have so many zombie houses in Watertown as it is, uh, and I'm talking about houses that look normal, that look like someone might actually live there. It looks inhabitable, but no one's living there. They might just be mowing the lawn, and that's just it. It's a shame. It's it's a product of uh, a byproduct of bad politics in in New York State, and that's why we're we're going from the Empire State to eventually we're going to be the sixth, seventh largest state in the in the nation. When not too long ago we were number one or two for the longest time, it's a shame to see that. But there are reasons, as as you just stated, Joe. But this is great. I'm glad that your phone is working, Joe. Uh, I and I'm sad. I'm, I'm sad that uh, SU lost today. 
Uh, but they put up a valiant effort, not to mention the 39-point win yesterday. Yeah, well, you know, I guess uh, you have one of those issues. I don't think Duke really took them very seriously. You know, they, they I don't have to admit, kill a team twice. Right. Their best, their best player is uh, out right. with the suspension. I think that they probably, uh, you know, it's hard to get up for those kind of games. Well, you know, they had Wednesday off, and they only and they had to beat the team they had beaten twice. And you're right, they probably looked at it like this will be, but they were down four points by halftime. So uh, they definitely put up a fight, that's for sure. But unfortunately, their season is over. Yep, it is. It is, and they didn't, you know, they weren't very good. No. And, uh, you know, that's all That's all on the coach. He recruited them, whether they're sons or not. They weren't a very talented team. No. They had no. They didn't have any athletic players, and they don't have a point guard at all. So right, right, right. It was tough. It was a tough season. Hopefully he'll rebound, uh, and then eventually he'll, he'll eventually retire. But, Joe, when people, I mean, I don't mean to say that as a disparaging thing, but, you know, there, there comes a time even Coach K is, is leaving. Joe, when people need to get in contact with you, how can one do that, sir? Sure. Don't ask me about basketball. StanleyLawOffices.com. <laughs> the website, Joe at StanleyLawOffices.com is my email. And the phone number is 1-800. And say hi, to, say hi to Jim Levin. Jim Levin just walked in. Say hi to Joe Stanley. Uh, hey, hi, Jim. I, that's why I walked in. I heard you were on the air. Wait a minute. Let me put my headset on so I can hear you. Yeah. And I wanted to say hello. There you go. Hi, Jim. I was just I was just grumbling about basketball, so, you know. Oh, there you go. Yeah. Well, they, they, you know, they have to have a year where they suck. Yeah, well, they've been and, sucking. Uh, the is is Bayheim? Well, is this going to be his last year? One more think? at least. Really? Yeah. Oy. Oy vey. Do we think maybe this should be his? I mean, he's a great guy. Yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. His wife and I were on the Syracuse stage board, and she's just as sweet. And she as was me. almost shot by a 12 year old at Destiny. That's nice. Yeah. yeah. Remember when they put Destiny up, Joe? That's when I bought 95X, and I got to tell you, it was a gorgeous. Carousel Mall. Yeah, it was gorgeous. It, it, what, is, is it really that dangerous there, or is it just, you know, random? Well, I think part of the problem is, like everything else, Jim, is that when business is down, you cut corners on the safety. I don't know that they have enough cameras. And they don't have enough security. And, you know, you again, the pandemic cut the business. And where do you cut costs? Yeah. Where are you going to cut costs? And, right. and, you know, it's one of those penny-wise pound foolish things. Yeah. yeah. And now, that, now the city is asking for more. I believe the mall itself is asking for more city deputies. That's a lot of money. Hopefully the mall will put up. Uh, the purse to, to pay for all well, that. They, you know, they should. I mean, the president said fund the police yeah, in right. the State of the Union. we got to fund and, the police. And, and he was right. And, yeah. and by He's the always way, right. Joe, you know, to those people in these parts, uh, you know, you and I are mono, yeah. simpatico. Le- le- left of center. Yeah. Um, who say, you know, the world's going to hell and nobody wants to be in New York. New York's rental, average rental rate is at a record high. In New York and, City? And to purchase a well, condo or a co-op, record per square foot price. Good for them. Yeah, hope, hopefully gun sales are up. So I don't, I don't think people are running away from New York because of the evil liberal Democrats. Right, right. Well, guys, thank you very much. <laughs> <laughs> On that note, see, I know where you are there, Joe. Thanks, Joe. Have a good day.
right. Bye. Right. So uh, obviously, see, I'll, he I'll, wants business. Yeah. <laughs> okay. So, so when did you what when did you see that from like uh, uh, no, CNN.com? No, 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 no. From uh, uh, the New York. Because as you know, during state. COVID, New York lost at least four hundred thousand. There's people. the Mitchells. I think it's called Mitchell Samuels. So all those people that left, they've been replaced by you know. Yeah. People. You know, migrant workers or, you know, people that work for, you know. Migrant workers who are buying $1.8 million ah, one-bedroom that, that, That's a mistake. What, how did we call that? But but it was like that when I lived there. Systemic. That was uh, in the year 2000. You, you know what's funny? It's not funny, but you got your people, of course, you know, left of center, CNN. They they get caught in their own racist remarks about Ukraine. No, no, no. Hear me out. Because they, they they'll my they'll, family is Ukrainian. They'll partially. make they'll make a point and say, and we're t- and this is this is happening in Europe, like and that means like this is supposed to happen in other you know other countries like in the Middle East or no, it's supposed to happen in totalitarian regimes is what they mean. So, but what they're saying is like this is unauthent this is unprecedented. No, what they're saying is white people killing white last, people. No, that's not what they're saying. Uh, the yes, last, they are. No, they're not. They're okay. saying in the last eighty years to have an an autocracy just sort of a go into civilized nation like like Ukraine in Western Europe. No, it has under nothing fire. to do where right. it is. It has to do with a country invading another country. White people invading other white people. We don't see that. It has nothing to do with the color. I of know you're going to say that, but because that's the way it's, it's interpreted. Glenn. No, it, no, it's not. I love it's I love how you are, you and Danny are I hate you know not. you are so pro whatever comes out of the on your side no I'm and not. I on the other hand I'm I not. will I will condemn no. some of the things that come out of my side but you refuse to Il- do that I do all the time Ilhan no, Omar you don't. voted against sending money to the Ukrainian people she was wrong why would you think she would do that I I don't know I I honestly don't know I think she's a wacko oh, okay okay so I you mean, draw have, the line with Elon, sh- Elon Omar we, but there are others too I mean you know there we have wackos on our side there are wackos on the other side Tom you know Sorry. we we certainly um, you know are are literally fair and balanced in our company I mean we had Donald Trump on the radio yeah you, that's right our, uh, wait let me just let everyone know Donald Trump called up Jim Levin's station Today or yesterday? Today. Today. Yeah. And talk to the former... Ken, he's been on with you. Ken, yeah, I know. It's been Ken, a long time. Ken Ard. A lot of things have happened since then. Ken George. Ard. Ken um, Ard was the former was lieutenant, the lieutenant governor, governor of South Carolina. Yeah. Got in a little trouble when he dipped into he, his own little yeah, cookie no, jar. He worked for Nikki Haley. And uh, he did a he Future did a president of the United job. States. And he was the first uh, major poli- and that is a major politician, Lieutenant Governor. Yeah, and he endorsed to uh, endorse Donald Trump. So today Trump. he called up Jim Levin Station. We're talking yeah. Donald Trump here. No, we've had we've had people. Not like Donald Trump Jr. No, we have the L- man himself. We have Lindsey Graham on all the time. You, well, of course you do. All the time. Yeah, yeah. And uh, 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 who's the he, other? He's senator? fat and happy that he's got I'm another to five years. Who the other senator is there? Um, uh, Scott. Yeah. Yeah. He he's on all the time too. Right. And. Uh, you know, we, we, we want it to be fair and balanced. Fair and balanced. But we mean it. We're, we're not, it's not I love your accent. So, 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 so I heard the interview today, and the guy says, you're the, you're the platform for the Republican Party. And the first thing Trump said, I love your accent. It's very nice. He, um, he's unique. I, <laughs> all right, we won't get into what you, you think know, about Donald no, Trump. I, you because know. you're fat. I, excuse me. I meant that as an expression. But you're very happy that he's not your president. That's all there is to it. 
Um, Dude, um, let me yeah, ask I you quick, real quick. Steve Colbert was he was he was he little? You know, he mentioned uh, fifteen dollar gas isn't a problem for someone like well, him. It's Stephen six... Stephen Colbert is his real name. Uh, whatever. Yeah, he went to Northwestern actually. Uh, yeah, well, fine. He went so to he's, he's another Midwest Ivy Leaguer. Uh, no, so... he's from North Carolina actually. Whatever, but he but North, Northwestern's in the Midwest in Chicago. Yeah. All right, but Evanston, here's the thing. Uh, by the way, why is Northwestern in Chicago? Uh, the Northwestern Territories. Of what? The United States. The, that was the Northwestern Territory. Oh, that's when it was created. That's when they yeah. Chicago used to be the Northwest. Uh, yeah. So when was that? Like in 1860 or I something? I don't know. You know the school. No, it could have been. The that, school in Cleveland is called Case Western. 1805 was the Louisiana Purchase. Case Western Reserve is in Cleveland, the university. So when it that just doesn't make Western any sense. Reserve. I mean. Northwestern in Chicago doesn't make any sense. It should be in Seattle. It's it's based on uh, American history. Oh my that it god! Was so it must have been created back in like the the, the 18th now century. Now it was founded, I think, in 1880. Let me let me look it up. I think right. 1880. I got to do a break because you got to make money. Well, not only that, I need to go and get my two hairs cut in a second here. All right, all right. And listen, let's do a break, and uh, we'll be back with more of the Live at Five show right after these messages. Don't go away. You- all right, we're back, and uh, Jim Levin is uh, off and at him somewhere, whatever. So if you want to call, I'm going to do like Jeff Graham. Oh, we got like uh, 30 seconds. Uh, if you want to call in, uh, oh, wait, no, we got 12 seconds. If you want to call in, we'll go right ahead. Uh, let's turn off the music first because we got 45 seconds left in today's show. And uh, like I said, the big news today is uh, we're going to be uh, part Jeff show. Jeff doesn't know this yet. Uh, officially, uh, we're going to have our program's uh, put on the Studio 550 podcast platform, courtesy of Mitcom out of uh, uh, Boston. So that's that's exciting. It's not exciting for people around Watertown because they could give a crap, but that's neither here nor there. Uh, and also, in addition to that, we want to also thank News Junkie for putting up the post for that uh, Soprano star that's in the movie that I happen to be in, which used to be with Tom Sizemore, but now has John D. Fiore, or Fiore, excuse me, and he was the guy that died on the toilet bowl in one of the Sopranos episodes in, like, season four. Up next, a- CBS News. I hope you have a good one. This is CBS News on the Hour, your home for original reporting. 